Good love our gracious queens Are throughout their just queens Their time has come United Queendom Hello, hello, hello. I'm Ed Dyson. I'm Charlie Valentine. And we are United, United Queendom. Queendom, bringing you all things Drag Race, plus The Ed and Charlie Show, in which we help the celebs and plebs who need it the most, with their many, many, many problems. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember to rate, review, and always, always share. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, you total slags. It's me, Vinegar Strokes, from RuPaul's Drag Race UK, here on United Queendom. So, this week we have an episode that is like Kenya Michaels. No, I don't mean it's going to get destroyed by Latrice Royale in a lip sync. I mean, it's short and sweet. I'd love to say this was intentionally short because we're trying to be efficient. But, in truth, an interview that we had lined up got cancelled at the last minute. Naming no names. Forty four. <clears throat> oh. oh, my throat. Anyway, hopefully that interview will be with you next week. And in the meantime, there's plenty of other stuff to get into as it's been quite a busy week in the Runiverse. So, let's open the Roos paper. God, RuPaul's name lends itself to so many puns. It truly is the gift that never stops giving. Thank God. So, first of all, I have to discuss the shade, the shade of it all. Yes, the Vivian versus Davina DeCampo. The winner and first runner-up say runner-up, the winner and first runner-up, sound like Jonathan Ross, from Drag Race UK Season 1, continued their iconic fight from the competition, or, as I like to call it, red wig in a silver dress gate. Only this time, they did it through social media in explosive fashion. It started when DDC gave an interview to a gay magazine, that I won't mention the name of, and said the following when asked if she thought that she might win the first season of Drag Race UK. I'll try and do a DDC impression for it. <laughs> oh, I can't do the laugh. That's more Joaquin Phoenix. She said, I don't think I fit the model that RuPaul likes. He likes people who are cutthroat and will smash your kneecaps in in order to win. That's not me. <laughs> oh, the impression was better than I thought. Um, but before I continue, let's get into what she actually said. And is it true? Is it true that RuPaul likes all her winners to be smashing your kneecaps, basically cutthroat. So let's look at the past winners. I've organised them using a very, very organised system into the categories of the ones who are cutthroat, the ones who are maybe cutthroat, and the ones who are definitely not, to see if what the DD said was true. So in the ones who are the most competitive cutthroat and kneecap smashing, I have put Tyra, obviously, uh, Violet Chachki, I put Alaska in there, because in All Stars 2, she definitely was um, tunnel vision for the crown. Uh, Trinity the Tuck, nay, Trinity Taylor. And I put maybe the only one who doesn't necessarily belong there, Bob the Drag Queen. Because I think Bob was very confident and steamrolled the competition, but I also don't think she ever, like, sabotaged anyone or kind of acted cutthroat. But I put Bob in there. Um, in the maybe section, I've put Raja who was very competitive, but also I didn't ever see her sabotaging anyone. Sharon Needles, same goes for her. Bianca Del Rio actually helped people in the competition, like Adore Delano. Um, but sometimes she would come for people like Trinity K. Bonet. So I put her in the maybe as well. And Evie Oddly, um, who was, was very competitive, 
um, but also was very big on kind of telling the truth and um, giving critiques because she thought everyone should be the best version of themselves. And then in the more obvious section, I've put the queens who've won the show, Drag Race or All Stars, who are definitely, I would say, not cutthroat at all. And those are Bibi Zahara Benet, Jinx Monsoon, Sasha Velour, Chad Michaels, Trixie Mattel and Monet Exchange. So with my calculations, I figured out that um, there are more queens in the not section than the others, which would actually make um, what Davina said not true. But I wouldn't also say the system is um, very objective. It is just my opinion. So, but yeah, it seems that there's a variety in the winner's circle of queens who kind of went in with that pageant focused all or nothing attitude and the ones who kind of were almost like miscongenialities who ended up winning the crown especially money exchange who was miscongeniality and won the crown but i digress um these comments infuriated the vivian in fact when it comes to rage i'd say she was dripping dripping uh, so she did what any angry drag queen does in 2020 and she went straight to twitter and she responded with the following. I'll try and do a Scouse accent. Oh, my God. She said, smash your kneecaps in in order to win. I won that show fair and square. That's more Apollo Grady than the Vivian, but they are quite similar. She also said, she's constantly discrediting my win. Grow up. Um, so it was very direct. Um, this sparked a lot of um, response online. People were practically... Um, salivating at the mouth over this feud, myself included, uh, to which the Vivian further explained on Twitter. I've never, I've never entertained fake friendships in my life. I'm not going to start now. Sorry it was public, but I had to get it off my chest. That's getting more bag of chipsy now than anything. Uh, so although it seemed that the Vivian's reaction was solely down to the magazine interview that Davina had given, it soon transpired that there was perhaps more to it than that as she went on to explain in an Insta story. Now, I didn't see the Insta story because I'm over 30 and therefore practically a dinosaur when it comes to the internet. But, of course, fans on Reddit were taking notes, as they always are. And one uh, Reddit user reported the highlights and they said the following. The Vivian basically said that today was the last straw after claiming that Davina's had had bad behaviour on the show from the get-go. She says Davina told everyone that she had won the show because they were both sent contracts for something that only winners got. And apparently she didn't know that they'd both received the contract. Um, she also claims that Davina made album artwork uh, where she was sat on a throne with a scepter, um, suggesting that she should have won. And she said there was an issue from day one on Drag Race when Vivian didn't say hello to her first. So there was some sort of like mind games going on. And referencing the fact that Davina was mad that the Vivian had not considered her her big competition. And that the girl group was like a big moment, a turning point in their fractured relationship. Uh, but also apparently the Vivian said in the Insta story that she's not bothered by all this. Which clearly is not the case because she seems quite bothered. Um, and then perhaps most shocking of all, she said that the Davina treated everyone like shit on the show. And that this will all come to light uh, because there's been some behind the scenes things that are in the pipeline. So yeah, there's a lot there to get into. Um, 
Yeah, most notably, this contract thing is interesting because I think what happens is because on Drag Race, um, often they they film multiple endings, as a lot of us know. So on on the on the finale, usually both queens who are left are crowned, and then it's not until the actual episode airs or the day of that they choose who is going to be the winner and then air that footage. And often the queens themselves find out watching the show uh, who won. But because I think earlier on they'd got a contract through that said about being the winner and what that involved and they had to sign this contract, that was sent to both the Vivian and Davina and maybe Davina misunderstood and thought that that meant she actually had won and that that was them notifying her when actually I think it's more of a airtight thing to make sure that when the winner wins, everything's already signed and there's no kind of grey area. So is it possible that Davina made her artwork of her album, Her on a Throne and a Scepter, because she, when she was planning the album, which was released shortly after the show finished, she thought she had one, which, uh, awkward. But the most, yeah, as I said, the most shocking thing is that the Vivian says that Davina treated everyone like shit on the show, which is very hard to imagine, given that um, Davina obviously came across so well and... Like, no one's had a bad word to say about her, but at the same time, sometimes that is the nature of show, but sometimes the people who come across the cheeriest behind the scenes are throwing all kinds of diva fits. So I don't know what the truth is, but by God, I'm determined to get to the bottom of it. Um, So yeah, it really seems like some people speculated that the two might be kind of putting this on for press and to just kind of spark some drama and keep them both in the headlines. But I really feel like what the Vivian is alleged to have said in this Insta story, suggests that this is quite a genuine feud because she's making some pretty harsh accusations, saying that Davina treats people badly. That's kind of damaging to her reputation. So, yeah, that was... Ooh, that's a lot going on. Um, since then, Davina de Campo has said nothing. She's taken the Beyoncé approach, which I kind of always think is a good idea these days. I don't want people to do it because I want the drama, but if I always think if I was a famous celebrity, I would take the Kate Moss, never explain, never complain, pay them dust, rise above it type of approach. But what do we think? So um, let's be real, as much as we love celebrating the art of drag, we're also messy bitches who live for drama. And that's the tea. And Drag Race UK is apparently giving more of that drama off the show than it gave us on it but better late than never. Um, arguably the two biggest stars from the show uh, now hate each other. And I have a feeling this feud might run for some time now. Personally, I'm not picking a side as I think they're both fab, but I do hope that the BBC pays attention to this and gives us the reunion that we deserve, that we didn't get. Um, I don't care if it's now or if it's in 20 years, but we need it. Because uh, having the Vivian and Davina hash this out on telly would be... <gasps> That would be everything. And to be honest, that alone would justify the license fee. Although let's not even get into that whole debacle right now because everyone's arguing about the license fee. Anyway, anywho, any room, from something negative and deliciously so to something positive. Uh, it was just been announced that Michelle Visage is filming a pilot for BBC Three. It's said to be called Get Off Your Ass and is a mixture of a celebrity chat show and a makeover show. So it sounds like she's basically going to be bringing celebs on and then sticking them in a sparkly dress. I hope Philip Schofield is the first guest. I think he needs a crash course in all things gay right now. But let's just hope that um, 
Michelle doesn't compliment their guests on their prosthetic nose like she did to the Vivian on Drag Race. Mm-hmm. As Davino DeCampo is learning, the Viv is not one to mess with. But good luck to you, Michelle. And to show her how not to interview people, uh, we're going to include now a throwback clip to when I spoke to Michelle back in October. And I managed to offend her by suggesting that being on Strictly Come Dancing was the highlight of her career. <gasps> Big mistake. Here it is. You're doing so well on Strictly. That's just one week. Wait to see the rest of it. Is this like one of the most overwhelming points of your career? No, I mean, I was in a girl group that was pretty oh, massive. Yeah, I was in the Bodyguard soundtrack. Yeah. So for me, it's it's an amazing moment. It's my fourth, fifth time around, and I'm so grateful for every moment of it. So grateful. Do you feel like you could win Strictly? Because it feels I like you I don't even think about that. I have to think about the salsa, that I'm on day two, and it's really hard. You, so if I think about winning, that's going to take me out of what I need to think about. You were giving me Madonna last week. I was I'll getting give mad you Madonna at Madonna every week. I okay. know, and I know you're a big fan like me, and yeah. I was like, I'm channeling it. I'll give it to you every week. Yeah. Um, is your husband worried about the strictly curse? Is he aware of it? We've been married for nearly 23 years. Is he over if here? If anybody wants this at this point, he'll be like, take it. But no, not, well, he's not. Some sexy dancers. I'm sure a lot of people want it. You have to be sexy with a sexy yeah. dance. Gio's happy. I'm happy. We're a great couple as partners. And we're really good friends, nothing more than that. And were you um, worried about the reception Drag Race UK was going to get? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was not worried at all about the reception because I know how amazing it is. And I worked five years to get this show made. So this was the moment that I've been waiting for. And I'm so grateful and so happy that everybody loves it. And thank you for doing it. I don't think it would have happened without you. No, it absolutely wouldn't have. <laughs> and Rue loves it here, and that's all I care about. And is this a prosthetic nose? No, it's a real one. <laughs> thank, thank you, I love you. Ah, yes. Still mortifying. But let's move on with the next page of the Ruse paper. We have some fresh out of the love and oven gossip about season 12. It has been revealed that season 12 will have two openers when it launches later this month on February the 28th, which cannot come soon enough. Uh, UK fans, we get it uh, just a few hours later on February the 29th, because it's a leap year, on Netflix. So make sure you're subscribed to Netflix or, like most of you probably do, use a friend's login. Um, so yes, the episode, uh, the opener of season 12 will have two openings, because what's better than multiple openings? And Drag Race has only ever done this once before, which was when? I haven't forgotten, I'm just testing if you guys know. That's right, season six. Uh, did we enjoy it back then? Which was kind of half the franchise ago. Um, I'm not sure. On one hand, it kind of feels like it takes a while for the season to get going, because it's, um, yeah, kind of staggered. But also it means uh, if the cast are split unevenly between the good ones and the not-so-good ones, you get one kind of crappy episode early on, which is what happened in season six, if you remember rightly. However, on the upside, you get to know the early outs a lot better, as they don't get lost in kind of a sea of queens. Because in the early few episodes, even for obsessives like me, sometimes it's hard to even remember everyone's name. But because of season six splitting theirs, who could forget Kelly Mantle and her bacon dress? Don't wear bacon. Or Magnolia Crawford and her swordfish illusion. I think they're memorable because they got more airtime because there were less people in their elimination episodes. So, <coughs> excuse me, I'm keeping an open mind. And let's face it, um, it's season 12 now. So the show is going to have to pull out all the stops to not start getting stale. Much like United Queendom, always experimenting with new things, like 
right now, for example, by pulling an episode out of my anus at the last minute. Because anus thing is possible. Also, I need to mention, in the music review section of today's Roos paper, I am loving Trixie Mattel's new album, Barbara. I also enjoyed Two Birds and One Stone, but I think this might be her best effort yet. It's so summery and warm and ah, I like it a lot. So if you're all not already into Trixie's music, I really recommend it. She's kind of country, kind of folksy, kind of moving into slightly electronica, indie-ish territory, but um, it's also unmistakably her and she has amazing lyrics, really catchy hooks and yeah, I just love it. Uh, what I also liked was hearing about how much you all um, struggled with the United Quizdom quiz last week. Yep, the struggle is real. Because apparently I made it harder than Quentin Tarantino in a shoe shop. Well, to that I say, good. Who wants an easy quiz? It's supposed to be hard. And now I'm about to declare the winner. God, it's like the finale all over again. We have recorded multiple... Um, results but now we're going to reveal the real one and the winner is katrina innes congratulations to you prance my queen prance you'll be sent a sickening lifetime supply of pride because we're not made of money much like the bbc but still you can be proud because you won right so now we're going to run um some of our old shout outs uh, to once again um, express our gratitude for all of you who have shared and promoted the podcast across your social media platforms. It really does mean a lot and it's helped us spread the word about the show. And we're eternally thankful. Um, and for those of you who haven't, well, please do. Do it now. Make a post about us on Instagram or Facebook or if you're brave and dare go there, Twitter or Reddit or even, who knows, TikTok. Not that we'd see that as, like I say, I'm over 30, so I'm not welcome there. But we will love you for it anyway and give you a big Tatiana. Thank you. So here are our shout outs. Elaine Fogel, Peter Baker, who's currently playing Trigger in Only Fools and Horses the Musical. Jordan Oliveira Heller, Donna Matrix Queen, a.k.a. Steph Legs. JPYN89, Zafrina Queen, and last but not least, Fabulous, the cabaret performer doing the hilarious Gayonce show. No Gayonce, my bad. Right, now that's out of the way, all that's left is our predictions. Um, so first I'm going to give mine for season 12 and then hopefully if time permits, I'm going to include Charlie's. So we're basically just going to run through, uh, the major things that we are going to predict in season 12 so that we can look ridiculous when we recap it and none of it happens. Uh, we're not in the studio together today, Charlie and I, by the way, because of Storm Dennis. Yes, Storm Dennis really is a menace. And the streets of London are wetter than Faramon's tissues. Oh, so here are my predictions for season 12. Predictions. I think the winner of season 12 of Drag Race is going to be Gigi Good. Um, I think this is because she came across very confidently in her Meet the Queens. She identified herself as a triple threat, someone who can sing, turn a look, is funny. 
she had a calmness about her that just kind of gave me the vibe that she's someone who does well. Um, and there's just something about her that seemed a little bit different. And I think that usually winners of Drag Race bring something different to the winner's circle. And I don't know, I just got this little inkling. Same that I got off um, last season with Evie Oddly, where I just thought, hmm, I smell a winner, baby. I think that um, Miss Congeniality is going to be Rock M. Sakura. I think that because she just kind of had this, like, unbelievable likability in the Meet the Queens, where you just immediately warm to her. Um, Something that's, like, you can't really learn. It's just your aura and what radiates off you. And there's just something about her that I just thought, I can't imagine her getting in an argument. I can't imagine anyone disliking her. She seems infectious. Uh, I think she could be someone maybe who'd go far in the competition, which usually Miss Congeniality is, but I just think she was the person... It seems like quite a bitchy cast, actually, but she seemed like one of the few who just seemed out and out nice. Um, I My prediction for fan favourite, which we all know is the real winner of the show, more so than um, the actual America's Next Drag superstar. And my prediction for that is Britta Filter. I feel like she just was giving so much charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. She could be a winner of the show as well, but I just have a feeling maybe she'll just end up being a huge star from the show who doesn't have a crown. Um, This was the hardest one for me, was choosing the villain of season 12. Um, But I went with Dahlia Sin, who's so beautiful, but seemed kind of that beautiful bitch type character um and as I said I think when we did the meet the queens episode she's kind of giving me a little bit of Tyra Sanchez and we all know that Tyra Sanchez kind of made being a villain into an art form in a way so that she's my prediction although I really think a lot of the cast could be the villain and it's horrible to pick a first out I think we did pick one in the Meet the Queens episode, but I can't remember who we chose. But um, my choice today, official choice, and these are the ones we're going to go off, go with, no backtracking, is Widow Von Du, who seemed fierce. And also, I kind of think I'm wrong because she seems like she can turn a lip sync. So usually the first out wouldn't be someone who could turn a lip sync. But I looked through the whole cast and she was the one giving me the most first out vibes. So I'm going to put that as my prediction. And just really hope that my predictions are better than Charlie's because I'm feeling competitive. Yep. Hello, everyone. It's Charlie Valentine uh, talking Drag Race season 12. I'm not with Ed at the moment. We are separated. Um, (laughs) Separated across London. But uh, checking in with you about my Drag Race 12 predictions. I can't believe it's been bloody 12 years now. But anyway, Ed's giving me some questions. I'm going to answer them. First up, first up is who do I think is going to be the first out? Uh, And I think I spoke to you about our little, uh, what we thought was like a little Easter egg or a little giveaway during the Meet the Queens. So I'm going to say, I think the first one out will be Widow Von Du. Um, The one from, where's she from? Kansas City, she's from. Slightly bigger girl. Um, Although we still never had a big girl winner, have we? Poor Silky Nut and the Ganache not winning last year. Um, hashtag justice for Silky. 
Uh, <laughs> actually, not after that lip sync. That was a shocking, the No Scrubs one. Um, so Jim the Meet the Queen's widow said that, uh, she said, don't blink and you'll miss it or something. Don't blink. You can't blink the series because you'll miss it, which I think maybe was a little hint saying, don't blink and you'll miss her. She seems like a good time gal, but. Um, I don't know, I'm getting kind I'm getting kind of vibes that she's gonna be first out. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, if I had to pick one to go first, I'm gonna go Widow Von Du, and I can't stand that name. Um maybe that's a bit strong, but I prefer like a punny name rather than just a random. Do you know what I mean? So that's who I think is gonna be first out. Um, who do I think's gonna be the villain? I to be fair, you know, I'm like, as I've said before on the podcast, right? I love the villain. Like, I always... Like, I love Silky last year. I love... Um, who else has been the villain? I loved... Um, I love Roxy Andrews. I am a Roxy Andrews stan to the death. I always love the villain. I think... Oh, my God. Obviously, the Boom Boom Gun. How could I forget Gia Gun? The Boom Boom Gun. Um, I love a villain. Now, I think... I think, to be fair, though, people are getting less villainous because they're, like, so concerned with how they're presented on TV. Do you know what I mean? I think, not just Drag Race, but like most reality shows, it's all like, people are so aware now of their like public persona afterwards that they're not being as villainous and as Machiavellian and as malevolent as I would like. There you go, there's some words for you. Um, get your thesaurus out, babes. So I think I'm going to go for villain. I mean, maybe this is an obvious one, but it seems like Dahlia Sin... Is that just me who I'm getting massive Adore Delano? I'm getting massive Adore Delano vibes from, but like more moody, more shady. That's what I'm getting. I think Arja's her mother. I'm getting a bit of Arja. I'm getting a bit of Adore Delano. In the cast promo shot, I'm getting some Naomi Smalls in the face. I'm not going to lie. Um, but she seems like she doesn't give, doesn't give a toss about anyone's opinion. So I think for villain of season 12, I'm going to have to say Dahlia Sin. Now, Miss Congeniality, um, following the lights of Money Exchange, and was it Latrice? Um, who am I going to go for? I might go for, I think Miss Congeniality might be Britta, little RuPaul. I don't know if you see the cast photo. She looks so much like RuPaul. She's front and centre um, with her big blonde, very RuPaul hair with a massive blonde wig to the side. She seems fun. She seems good. She, I like her. She's a New York girl, and New York Queen seems to always do well. I think New York Queens have won the last... Oh, well, they, well Evie Oddly wasn't New York. But they, before that, they've won, like, five drag race. I'm pretty sure New York's the most successful city out of everywhere in the US. Um, but I think Britta seems fun. She seems nice. I'm getting Peppermint vibes. That's who I'm getting off. Um, I know Peppermint wasn't congeniality, but she was, like, a nice girl. She's, like, the mother. I think she's the oldest... Yeah, no, she is the oldest, surprisingly, just at 34, damn. Bloody hell, I'd nearly be the oldest. Um, so I would think that, I think Britta's going to be Miss Congeniality, I think. Or maybe, I think she could make a top three, though. She seems really polished. But if I had to make a guess, I'm going to go Britta. Fan favourite. Who do I think? So I think fan favourite, as obviously famously distinguished in the Valentina season when she went with Congeniality and it was a no, it has to be fan favourite because she was not congenial. Um, I would say fan favourite. I've got a feeling Heidi in the closet. Heidi in closet. <laughs> I swear that name just doesn't work for me. 
Does it work for you people? I don't know. Heidi in Closet, I think has a little bit of a goofy charm to her. I know she kind of presents herself as a bit as a pageant girl, but I feel like there's a goofiness. Maybe it's just the gap tooth, but I am a fellow gap tooth girl, so I'm staying with, I'm standing with you, babes. Hashtag I stand with you and your gap teeth. Um, I think there's something goofy, so maybe hiding closet or maybe Rock M Sakura. I can't tell if she's going to be really unique and original and fun or is just going to completely fade away. I don't know. I'm getting quite... Um, this might be a crazy steer, right? This might be a crazy idea. I'm getting a bit of James Mansfield vibes from her, where I feel like James Mansfield... Before, does anyone even remember James Mansfield? Everyone's Googling right now who the fuck James Mansfield is because no one can remember her. But... I feel like before the show, she was so fun and camp and goofy, and I was actually quite excited to see what she did, and then got on the show, and her personality just disappeared instantly. Just freaking dissolved like an aspirin. Um, so I'm not sure. Rock M. Sakura, I can't tell if she's going to be a fun, good-time girl, or if she's going to be a James Mansfield and just absolutely disappear. But I think fan favour, I'm going to plump, plump, that's a good word, for either Heidi in Closet or Rock M. Sakura. Mm-hmm. And now, finally, obviously, who is going to be the big winner? Um, Who am I getting winner vibes from? You know what? I was going to say Jada Essence Hall, right? That's how I was going to say. Polished pageant queen. She seems like she knows what she's doing. She is very good looking out of drag. I'll tell you that much now. Um... Oh, Jackie, Jackie Cox seems pretty confident. She seems like she knows what she's doing. I am going to go for a punt, right? I'm going to go for a crazy punt. And I'm going to say Sherry Pie. And I feel like Camp Queens haven't been doing so well recently. I feel like Nina West kind of did quite well last year, but then maybe shouldn't have. Some of her looks were busted. But I feel like since Ben De La Creme... I don't know. I feel like we're missing out on a camp queen. So I was going to say Jade Essence Hall, but now I'm going to take a punt, guys. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to go mad. I'm going to say Sherry Pie for the win. Genuinely. Um, but those are my predictions for Drag Race Season 12. Um, I saw all the guest judges line up. Very excited about Nicki Minaj. I know she's been tweeting about it for years. Got some British girls on there, Tandy Newton and Daisy Ridley, shouting out the bridges. Finally, Robin's on there at last. So excited to meet Miss Whoopi Goldberg. Um, but very, very excited by Nicki Minaj. If they're not feeling the all red look, the red wig, the red top, the red dress, it was too much red. It was too much. She needs to unblock those colours a bit. Um, but those are my predictions for season 12, guys. Um, but right into us, by the way, on the podcast. I want, we want to know your predictions as well. Um, podcast is at United Queendom Podcast on Instagram, and I'm at Charlie Valentine underscore X. Please message us, tell us your predictions. Are you excited? Who are you looking forward to seeing? Who you get? I want to know who you think's going out first. Actually, that's the one I want to know. Okay, everyone, love you, and see you soon, Ed. Hopefully, we'll be reunited soon. Mwah. So those were our predictions for season twelve. We never did those for Drag Race UK because I personally knew before even watching the first episode what the final four were going to be, annoyingly, because the drag queen meth told me. See, that's why kids should avoid meth at all costs. But for season 12, I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen and I'm going to keep it that way, spoiler free, and I can't wait for the premiere in two weeks so we can get into that all together and find out. 
We're going to have so much fun recapping season 12, just like we did Drag Race UK season one, and really hope you'll all be coming along for the ride. And don't worry, those episodes will be a lot longer than the 15 minutes that this episode is looking likely to be. We know we take, you know, we take a size queen approach to the recaps, uh, but I hope that this bite-sized episode was enough to satisfy your weekly craving. And if not, don't forget to binge all the episodes uh, that we have of the Ed and Charlie show. Uh, thanks to all of you guys listening, the Ed and Charlie show was selected to be part of the podcast radio broadcast output, which has now launched, and it's been great and will attract even more gays, gals, and who knows, maybe even the occasional straight man over to the United Kingdom family. But um, yeah, I think I've rambled on enough now, so I shall leave it there and see you Thursday for the Ed and Charlie show. Bye. You know-